0: Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swalbrick, and this month we're doing things a little differently. I sat down with club management team member and Mito nerd David Faithful for a half-hour chat about the new Stellar large platform that will underpin the replacements for the Julia and Stelvio, and by the time we'd finished, we had over an hour of material. If you've already listened to episode 90, then you know that we split it into two roughly half-hour long episodes which we've made available at the same time. And you might want to use that button on your podcast player that skips ahead 10 seconds. If you started here, you can listen to episode 91st, but they should make sense as a pair or separately, or at least they should make as much sense individually as they do together. The first part was about the benefits of platform sharing and the history of platform sharing at Alfa Romeo up to the Tenale. And here we'll be covering the upcoming Milano and the Stellar Large announcement. So we pick up the conversation halfway through a discussion about the Tanale and the Compass.
1: I haven't sat in a Dodge Hornet. You can sit in one, and you'll realise, oh, that's a tonale Or we would yep. realise that. I, I think there's a, there's a big difference between bad engineering or bad re-engineering versus platform sharing. Platform sharing it gives you opportunities to get economies of scale and cost efficiencies by sharing some mechanical parts and some interior parts, if you'd like to. And we all. We've all got examples in all of our cars of stuff out the parts bin. But brand and uh, badge re-engineering is basically, as you say, it's the same factory. It's the same production line. They're nearly always left-hand drive as well. And it's just a simple way of targeting a specific audience that Stellantis Group or another partner already has direct access to. It yeah. just makes sense. And I think it'll always be the case that the person who loves the original car from which others have been re-engineered will always think it's a disaster
0: and ghastly
1: but we're not we're not the target audience of those you and i are not the target audience of the of the um the dodge hornet so who cares
0: yeah and I, I wasn't going to go into the the parts bin side of things because that just is a whole other can of worms, isn't it? With Morris Marina door handles on Lotus Esprits, and so sh- sharing smaller volume manufacturers sharing components that are expensive to expensive to develop, but then there's no real benefit in having developed it yourself. Is is a whole other kind of cost saving area that I think most people accept most of the time, and you might occasionally get into a car and think the. The stalks don't feel quite quite as classy as the rest of the car. And
1: that that will be the case. I haven't done this because I've probably got marginally better things to do with my time. But I bet if I went into a Peugeot showroom and sat in every Peugeot and went to an Alpha showroom and sat in every Alpha, and went into a Citroen showroom or DS showroom and sat in every, obviously I'd find some switch gear that's extremely familiar. But as you say, it just makes economical sense. There are some things I believe that really make a car and the switches that open the window isn't one of those things. Yeah. I don't really care if the switches that open, you know, a new Milano is the same switch that opens, you know, a DS. I don't care about that because that it's not that switch that makes the car for me.
0: Well, there's almost a case for wanting it to be only in the sense that if there's a limited budget and there's always, you know, there's never a limitless budget, I'd rather they spent it on another two or three days hacking around Balocco tuning the suspension yeah. than developing a unique window switch
1: yeah you almost uh, you don't want alfa romeo you know playing around with all these uh, you know unimportant bits and bobs that don't change the driving experience sort of yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I mean i doubt if they do spend a lot of time doing that to be fair we might be casting them uh in a way that's unfair but i i want them Focused on the driving experience. I want them tuning the suspension. I want them tuning the the level of roll that I get around a corner. Yeah. I want them tuning the mapping on the ECU to give me uh, the right acceleration for the circumstance. I want the steering to be both light and precise. You know, there's a certain set of things that is an Alfa Romeo that I care passionately about. And there's a load of things that I couldn't give a toss about because, you know, I, I'm happy that they exist, but I'm not fussed whether or not they change the driving experience for me on an everyday basis. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. The parts bin think there will, I think that will forever be the case that some parts are shared across. Manu, uh, not just manufacturers within the group but also manufacturers outside of that group because we all they all go to the same sort of four or five suppliers of all of that switch gear and all of that visual stuff yeah. they're, they're all going to the same glass manufacturers and they going got the same plastic makers for dash panels and so on it's all basically a very small manufacturing world for those trim pieces and other bits and bobs in all of the cars so it wouldn't surprise me if we see similarities between Peugeot switchgear and Renault switchgear because they probably use exactly the same French manufacturer or nowadays Chinese manufacturer for the switches.
0: You've said you sat in a Compass and an Avenger. You obviously haven't sat in a DS because if you had, you wouldn't want those switches anywhere near an Alpha. The the other question I asked Bard was, what is a real Alfa Romeo? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, interestingly, it came back with a focus on performance and handling, Italian design and heritage, exclusivity and passion, none of which comes from the door handles or the window switches. No. Uh, I mean, it basically describes the Mito, doesn't it? So... <laughs> it basically <laughs> describes any Alfa Romeo.
1: Yes, yeah, true. True enough.
0: Um, but yeah. So, I don't know what I'm going to call this podcast yet, but I was going to call it the Stella Large podcast, and we haven't mentioned Stella Large very much. We haven't got there. But we're we're nearly there. So, the next, the the last stop I wanted to make before we get there was to talk briefly about Milano. Now, we don't know that much about Milano. We've seen some heavily disguised pictures, and we've seen a little bit of the spec, we know the name. But what we do know is that it's built on the same platform as Jeep Avenger and 600E, which is a new version of um, Peugeot Citroën's CMP platform. So this, yeah. the CMP platform has been around, the, the previous version has been around for a while. 2018, I think, first came out. And, and we've seen that in things like the Citroën C4, uh, the Peugeot 208, which has been very highly rated, the new Corsa, the new Mocha the 2008, which been less well-received. And there's a there's an electric version of that platform, e, ECMP or EMP, depending where you see yeah. it referenced, which has been used in things like the electric version of the DS3. But the I think the version that's in 600E, Avenger, and Milano is slightly different and is supposedly a kind of stepping stone to Stellar Small. So Stellar Medium's already been launched stellar large we will talk about later on there's a fourth one we won't talk about which is stellar frame Mm. which is what dodge pickups are going to be based on ram pickups are going to be based on um, which is an old-fashioned ladder chassis but electrified Mm. so probably a new-fashioned ladder chassis but anyway but that's yeah everything i've seen about all of the cars based on cmp looks pretty good yeah it's not in any sense based on the jeep avenger all three were developed simultaneously, so there was no Jeep Avenger to base Milano on when they started. But they will all be built at the same assembly line in Tici, and there'll be some commonality. It's the economies of scale thing we talked about in part one. I've driven an Avenger, and you know, I own a Tonale, and I've driven several examples of the Compass. And honestly, if I didn't know they shared a platform, I'd have a hard mm. time believing it. I have to say, I thought the Avenger was a cracking little car. Mm. You know, it handles well, goes well. You know, it's, it's got a real urge to it. Seems pretty well built. So, as a basis for a new small alpha, given that people are buying SUVs, I think it's a it's as good a place to start as any.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, look, the the Avengers getting fabulous reviews. Everybody really, typically, loves it. It's cool. It handles well, as you say. It's Certainly not a slow car by any stretch of the imagination, and 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 as a as a Group B segment, it's a hell of a good start, I think. Uh, 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 truthfully, the Avenger. When I look at the Avenger, I've not driven one as you have. I've done my usual sat in one routine. It's, it's, I really really like it. I love the look of it. I love what it's like inside. Of course, you have to, and I do quite like Jeeps of of old and they've got their little cool features that they always build into into each of their cars a little ladybird and all that sort of thing so if you put all of that aside it does seem to be a really cool car that's getting brilliant brilliant reviews but i think for the for the alpha version of that you know they they will have very limited constraints i think the constraints is everything on that ecmp platform which is bulkhead down uh, the, nothing above it they're, they're never constrained by body panels um they're never constrained by glass or height of glass or size of doors or number of doors or their choices of drive train or the the you know length of overhang and all those things alpha can and i hope will do all of their own design and all of their own thinking in terms of how it looks feels and ultimately drives
0: i think the one leak we've had, the pictures of the disguised car, mm. and I alluded to it in the previous episode, was from handling testing at Balocco. So, I mean, we don't know what the result of that's going to be, but we know that that is one of the big areas of focus. And I think one of the things I did like about the the Jeep and the day I drove the Jeep Avenger, I also drove an electric DS three on the same platform. It, it, the interior of the Jeep, the exterior. To a certain extent, but the interior is very Jeep. There's lots of yep. strange things. There's a sort of roll-up cover on the yeah. on the oddments tray in the center console. So it's got a sort of even though it's it's quite comfortable. It's got a sort of roughy tufty yeah. feel to the interior, all of which I think will be different on the on the Milano. So, I, but,
1: I th- but for the, for those images from Bloco, th- there's comments on social media that oh no, it's just another Peugeot two thousand and eight or, or Volkswagen oh, no, Avenger. Yeah, no, I think the problem is. If you line up every B-segment SUV, there is a similarity with the size, scale and shape and height with all of them. Yep. So I think it's unfair and, and it's a bit... Um, Short sighted to say, oh, it's just a 2008 or it's just an Avenger. It's the similar dimensions, but they all are. Uh, I think it's in the details. And and if you look at those, albeit disguised images of the Milano, and you look at that next to an Avenger or next to a 600E or next to it or next to a Peugeot 2008, there's some fundamental differences. You look at it, they've gone typical alpha where the door height is quite high and the glass depth is very narrow and and you look at that next to a 2008 or an avenger they're fundamentally different and i think the problem is if you stand far enough back and squint and look at all these b-segment suvs of course they look very similar they're a they're the similarly dimensioned b-segment suvs it's the details i think that alpha will bring to it and you can see some of that if you look and stare at those disguised images the roof is lower than than other cars it, it just the proportions that they've done you can see they've done some alfa romeo design but it will always be a b-segment suv the same as every other b-segment suv so it, if you stand far enough back of course it's not a miraculous new innovative design but in the details i think is where we'll see the cool italian flair and alfa romeo-ness
0: yeah and I, I that's a nice segue to the seller large i think because One of the points you said there is, you know, it's going to be the same dimensions. And there's Mm. lots of interesting stuff about Stellar Large, and we'll get into some of it. But I think the thing that encouraged me most when I saw saw it on the press release is the amount of flexibility the different brands have got with the platform. So just to give you a a sense, the overall length of Stellar Large can vary (laughs) from, and this is spuriously precise, but from 4.764 meters to 5.126 meters so you know that's that's nearly a a 25 centimeter difference in overall length width is from i'm going to round it up now um but from 1.9 to 2 so 10 centimeter difference just over in in reality there's a 23 centimeter possible difference in wheelbase range from from 2.9 meters to just over 3 3 3.1 um ground clearance and and they've made a big thing about the fact that this is designed to be, a, you know, a sports saloon through to a proper Jeep off-road vehicle. Ground clearance can range from 140 to 288 millimeters. So that's a ma- right. massive range. <laughs> yeah. And, and and actually, 14 centimeters is only a couple of centimeters more than the current Julia. So and and. And yeah. and if I've heard one complaint, and you very rarely hear more than one complaint from Julia owners, it's about how often they ground the thing. Mm. So probably a centimeter or two wouldn't have been a bad thing even on the Julia. So that's encouraging to me. And 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 there's again, you look at the difference between the the overall length and the wheelbase range, and and it's not the same difference. So there is definitely scope for for playing around with the overhangs and stuff as well. So, I think,
1: yeah, and I think that that level of what do you call it flexibility configurability, again, that that really drives the sort of time to market and economies of scale that you can have, you know, if I think back to the Mito, you know there there are changes to the Mito, what we would call the floor pan, and changes to, for example, the bulkhead and a pillars that are about fifteen centimeters different to every other car the punto evo for example and that cost about 300 million pounds yeah so you know what we want to do is avoid those sorts of things and enable that level of flexibility you almost do want the meccano or the lego or whatever the modern equivalent is to giving each of the the brands the options of um making those levels of width uh wheelbase and length changes without incurring huge costs it just gives them that level of flexibility and maintains that time to market i mean it's brilliant that they've made it in that way and it's not just for it's it's not just for evs and not just for combustion engines there's from what i can make out you can almost plug and play any combination of front rear all-wheel drive hybrid ice or EV only in the same platform and still have that level of configuration of length width and and so on.
0: Yes, obviously there'll be there'll be local and legislative constraints on on which combinations they use, but you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It does appear to be two or four wheel drive, petrol, hybrid or electric. And any combination of those that you want, mm. which is is superb. Obviously, it doesn't work very well on the podcast. But you and I were both watching a video this morning. So there's a there's a nice Stellantis video on the platform, which is on YouTube, which actually has an animation of it of it flexing between the shortest and longest wheelbases and and the width and stuff, so you can see just how much scope the the brand engineers have got to take the platform and do something that that works for the people who love their brands. And, and and in terms of development, this is a it's a joint development in terms of engineering. So there'll be bits of input from from all over the place. But this is a premium group product. So the lead on and lead brand in the premium group is Alfa Romeo. A lot of the engineering's been done in Turin. But inevitably, given that it's also going to be a a Dodge Jeep and Chrysler platform, there has been some engineering input from from the US, but it's as it's as Italian a platform as we're ever going to get again, I think.
1: Yeah, that's the sense I get. And, I mean, I, I still think... And maybe I put too much on this Because Marchioni was heavily involved In the uh, commissioning The design approval of the Mito And uh, I do appreciate two listeners I'll sound like the Mito nerd who never winds his neck in about them However, I think Marchioni Sort of started the trend of In FCA and then in Stellantis The Italians were seen as The leaders of this kind of thing If you want cool If you want performance And if you want design icons And, and if you want to either enhance or create heritage for the future let the italians lead and so alfa romeo i think i feel they have started taking much more of a leadership on these kind of things whereas in the past they probably had to sort of adopt what they were told to adopt and i i do think Marconi sort of started that trend really of italian leadership that the rest of the group then start to follow yeah maybe i've overplayed that but that's that's certainly no, I, I, I,
0: I think that's true and just looking at the the other end of the flexibility on on stella lard so you've got all of those drivetrain and and size and scale variables but even within the the electric platforms they're talking about 800 kilometer 500 mile range for saloons sedans it says on the slide but we'll forgive them for that no we won't (laughs) so presumably a bit less for stelvio than than you get from for julia but just because of of aero two different electric architectures so there's a 400 volt and an 800 volt version my understanding is that the the initial launches will all be 400 volt and the first couple of dodges i believe but there's some debate as to whether the the first alpha which is likely to be stelvio and likely to be sometime sometime in mid to late 2025 which is likely to be the stelvio might actually be the first 800 volt version of the platform The reason why an 800 volt architecture is exciting is it gives you the potential for much faster charging, although the infrastructure will need to catch up there, but theoretically it halves charging time. And more significantly for fans of sports saloons, which I assume we all are, it also allows for lower weight. With higher voltage you need lower current to achieve the same power output, which means you can use thinner cables and smaller electronic components which reduces the overall weight, which gives you even more energy efficiency and range. Lower current also means you lose less energy to heat, so even more of the power is available for greater range and or better performance. And 800 volt architectures give you faster acceleration and higher top speeds because you can deliver more power to the motors. I suspect that quoted 2 second 0 to 60 time is an 800 volt performance figure. And with thinner cables and smaller components, there's more space available for large battery packs. So you can choose lighter weight or bigger batteries without a significant increase in weight. It's really exciting stuff. But it's worth pointing out that it's quite a bit more expensive than 400 volt at the moment.
1: And look, what we don't want to do is stir the pot in terms of those of us who are open-minded in terms of EVs and those of us who hate the very thought of it and just want to go back to putting a Busso engine in every in every hour from hour. But those sorts of, you know, when you get up to the 800 volt and when you get up to 500 plus miles and you get to 0-62 in two seconds, you know, the the EV and certainly the hybrid options are very appealing, I think, for Not just future-proofing the brand, but also for creating a driving experience that starts to be that sort of segue between us old-fashioned lot who love combustion engines to, you know, starting to introduce electric propulsion alongside internal combustion propulsion i think those that sort of flexibility in those platforms is going to be tremendously good for those of us who want to start on that journey it'll never be quite right for those of us who only love petrol engines and and want everyone to shut up about evs but i don't think that's going to happen for a while unless there's some other super fuel or some other you know, hydrogen solution. I think we're for the next decade or so. We are definitely in an EV world, and um, we better start to keep up with it. I think.
0: Yeah, and that's another another point about about the way Stellar Large has been designed. So there's the 400 800 volt architecture from a, a plumbing perspective, if you like, but it's also been designed so that if if battery technology changes. You'll be able to unplug. it. Well, I'm not. Anymore. I'm not sure mm-hmm. whether you'll be able to take your old battery pack and put newer technology in, but the platform certainly will. Um, yeah. So it's not yeah. like they'll have to say, "Oh no, we're now moving to solid state batteries, so uh, we need a new platform." Uh, they, sh- yeah. they should just be able to start using a different type of battery pack, and everything should be fine. But if you think about the the objections to electric, and I'm I've been as much of an electric skeptic as anybody else, it's typically been range. Yeah, it's been performance and noise in a positive sense for petrol engines yeah and noise is yeah. the only one that's left because yeah. you know it, there is a the torque characteristics of electric vehicles are incredible just having all of that torque available instantly is just a very very different positively different experience yeah to drive in a, a petrol engine that there isn't a av- they are heavier, but there is an advantage to having all the weight low down and having a really low center of gravity. And just the the sheer power that's available now is is phenomenal. Yeah.
1: I, I think the I think the big one is range. Certainly in this country, and I and I struggle with this as well. You know, if I I have to go to an office in Milton Keynes a couple of times a week, and I'm down on the south coast, it's what is it, 140 just under 140 miles each way, so 280 miles a day you're suddenly in panic mode you know you start looking at evs for sale i start to panic and think i'm not going to get the milton Keynes and back in a day yeah. that's going to be a nightmare and i know i know the charge there are charging points near my office but there's about seven of them and there's about 10 teslas all bloody lined up trying to get their cars charged so if the range starts to become uh, you know typically 500 miles or five hundred kilometers, or well, happy days. Yeah, people like me, even people like me, will wind our necks in and and jump on the bandwagon to get the benefits that come with it, which is, as you say, the talk, the power, the not to sixty, the fun. And, and I think there is a huge positive to the ev market if we can nail the range and it sounds to me like these platforms include nailing the range problem and i think that's a big one in the uk because if we can make that perception or real problem go away there's very few other things as you say you're down to the noise you can't hear the exhaust rasping yeah. or what I, And i don't
0: that, i don't think the bath solution to that problem is is the right one I, playing a gramophone record <laughs> pipe piping <laughs> in a recording of a real engine is probably not the right thing to do. I think that's think. a bit
1: mad. I think I think you need to accept I don't have a combustion engine anymore. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to get the sounds. It is a different experience, and and obviously some of us won't want that experience. That's fine. But but as I say, I think it, the bandwagon has left, and and we're sort of falling behind it. Frankly, the the only other thing I will be um uh, slightly uh, down on the EV marketing at the moment is the price of them just seem much more expensive than I would like them to be. Now, that just might be that I'm a stingy Grinch, but I don't think I'm the only one I, th- I do think that, you know, th- this podcast was supposed to be about the platform sharing, and I, I think we've meandered our way around it, so <laughs> hopefully it hasn't been too tedious for the listeners. The platform sharing enables economies of scale. The economies of scale, hopefully, will help to drive down the prices of these cars in the future, or at least limit them so that we and inflation and our bank balances start to catch up with the cost of the EV cars, because at the moment, the two things prohibiting me writing a big fat check are the check is way too big for me and I'm worried about the range. Yeah. When the range becomes typically much larger and when the cost doesn't seem so prohibitive, I'll be on that bandwagon. Well and, I the, think... and the,
0: the reason that I went with a, a hybrid rather than an electric at this point was was partly range, but also it's the broader thing of charging infrastructure. So your your journey to Milton Keynes, if you could make that knowing that there was going to be a charger there, you could settle yeah. with a car you know, sort for a car with half the range. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and there are some people, you know, I've I've got parking at the front of my house for three cars. I can put a charger in the in the house and I know that my car's always going to be able to be charged. But if you live on a in a third floor flat, yeah, you know, or a, a an older terraced house in a in a city centre with no off street parking, then I think, yeah, electric is gonna have problems for yeah, yeah, you know, for the foreseeable future. There's not even people talking about um, councils putting charging infrastructure into lampposts, that's great. But lampposts are about four or five cars apart on the street. Yeah. So it, it, you know, even that doesn't solve the problem. But we will see changes over time. There's an assumption at the moment that everyone must be able to charge at home because the public infrastructure is awful and complicated and expensive. And despite the cost of living crisis, we've all got relatively cheap electricity at home. But nobody assumes you need a petrol station at home. So I think that challenge sort of goes away if you know you can charge at work or in the car park near work or at the shopping centre.
1: So going back to the Stellantis Large then, what, forgive my ignorance, How the manufacturing of this then, I should know this, and hopefully you won't know it and then we'll both look doing it, so (laughs) I won't feel so stupid. What do they do then? Do they manufacture five different variants of the Stellantis Large platform in a factory in Titchy or wherever, and then they get shipped out to the brands to use for the underpinnings of their
0: cars no i think it's it's done locally so they'll build they'll build dodges and jeeps in the u.s I mean, they may build some jeeps in italy because they do at the moment but Mm. basically all of these all of the variation you can see in the length and the width and the the power plants and so on that will be constrained by model um and then you'll you'll build Stellar large for Julia, and weld Julia panels onto that in an Italian factory. But Mm. battery packs are slightly different, so they'll come in from a Giga factory somewhere. But that's no different to combustion engines today, which are often built elsewhere. Uh, What I suspect is, if you look at the pictures that Stellantis released, the ones where where you can see the battery pack highlighted, I suspect that's minimum wheelbase. So in practice, the wheelbase extension is ahead and/or behind the battery pack. Yeah. Um. And so they'll just set up the pressings to fit in the battery pack to a long wheelbase version of Stella Large or a short wheelbase version of Stella Large, mm. and the battery packs will come in from some um, giga factory somewhere. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I guess if you're having consistency in platforms, what you don't want is. Uh, every single factory making every single car building their own platforms because then they'll start to get variations and then you don't have a platform sharing at all. Do you You basically have inconsistencies which will
0: increase costs and reduce time. And and I yeah, I suspect that some of the some of the pressings will be the same regardless. So some of the yeah some of the pressings inside the wheel arches will be common. But yeah. Within the wheel arches, it will, dispen- it will depend on the ground clearance you want and the suspension pickups that you want, and all of those kind of things. So, but it's it's the cost of which has always been the case with platform sharing. I think it's the cost of developing it rather than the cost of building it. So, yeah. so once you've yeah. once you've done the production engineering and and made sure the thing's not going to fall apart, that's the expensive bit. And actually, if in Italy, you're pressing together panels that are ten centimeters narrower than the ones that you're pressing together in Detroit. It doesn't really matter. It does, there's no cost implication. It's not like they're going yeah. to be building it from from a, a stock of pre-built panels.
1: No, but as you say, it's, it's, the the whole of the platform, excluding batteries, should probably cost you know fifteen hundred euros. But of course, the first one will have cost a billion euros. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's the same argument in pharmaceutical. Everyone says why a drugs so expensive It's because the first one. Cost costs billions, and, and yeah. yeah, we know that they take I, I, tuppence to make the subsequent ones, but that's not the point, is it? No,
0: no, and it and, and comes back to the point I made about the 939 being an example of it not working. They simply didn't build enough 939 platform cars to mm. have ever taken that billion pounds and, and amortized it over enough to get to a 1,500 euro platform.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, look, I think platform sharing is a really interesting topic whether we've made it really dull i'm not sure <laughs> but it's certainly interesting and i look my personal view is i'm not 100 sold on evs i I like the concept and i can see the direction we're going in um i am sold on platform sharing and that's partly my bias with loving the Mito. um and trying many other cars on that platform and knowing they are fundamentally different vehicles to drive. So I know it works. I think the Stellantis platforms are medium, large, and then small, whether that evolves from ECMP. I think that's brilliant across the group because I think, for me, the, the real benefit for people who love Alfa Romeos is time to market. We we know that some of us are frustrated that there's no brilliant coupe, there's no sport wagon, there's no this, there's no that. No and they spider. Keep going, well, we're just Yeah, we're just, we're just making more SUVs. But, but that is, you know, the first few steps on the journey. Once we've got these common platforms and shareable platforms that work with combustion and hybrid and electric only, uh, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and all-wheel drive, then we're off to the races. And then the time to market should, in theory, be, uh, shortened dramatic- dramatically and you, you can see that with you know the Stellantis aim to get 48 battery electric vehicles out by the end of next year or this year I think yeah um, their drive to carbon neutrality is driven a lot by you know the migration through hybrid into EV so I I do see it as hugely positive for Alfa Romeo it's hard to convince to convince some of us who who just
0: well, love I, I engine cars, yeah, and I don't think I'm even there on platform sharing. So I, I would love to, you know, imagine a world where if there's a a version of the Centro Stile, ideally back in Milan, with mm. 15 teams working on you know platforms that are unique to Alfa Romeo that are optimized for the kind of cars that we all love and that are no compromise. There's a no compromise spider. There's a coupe that's designed to be a coupe. There's a sports saloon that's designed to be a sports saloon. But I'm also realistic enough to know that's never, ever going to happen. And in reality, it never has happened. Alpha simply never had the money to work like that. And and so the if we're going to have to have platform sharing, which we do, then let's hope that we get the best possible platform.
1: Yeah, well, they certainly seem to be investing in these platforms. Uh, I think it's positive. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see how it ends up, won't we? We will. We'll, we'll keep our listeners posted. Hopefully, um, you know, a slightly more informative way next time. Well, maybe, of our- maybe next month um, we'll
0: get a fit Jamie on to tell us what a load of rubbish we talked today.
1: Yeah, what a load of cobblers and then <laughs> correct us <laughs> across it. Okay.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, David. Thank you. That really is all we have time for this month. Let us know if the format worked or didn't. Next month we'll be back to normal and you'll be able to download episode 92 from 1.30pm on Sunday the 3rd of March from Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until then, or for the next couple of minutes if you're going back to catch up with episode 90, stay safe.